Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Robbie, I like Halloween a lot. And for a lot of years, I really looked forward to Treehouse of Horror episodes. I'm done with that now. I just I can't look forward to Treehouse of Horror anymore. It just it makes me sad at best. Hi guys, we are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash the Simpson Show for only two hours a month, gain access to all of our bonus material. Lots of stuff up there. I encourage you to check it out. We have some people to thank, Matthew. Fantastic. Fantastic. First, Mark Stevens. Thanks, Mark. Thank you, Mark. And 360 Wrestling Podcasts. Thank you. Ooh, a podcast. I love how podcasts support us. Podcasts supporting podcasts. Thank you, guys. This week's episode is Trios of Horror 15. Episode F-A-B-F... F-A-B... Wait, what a minute. I think I typed F-A-B-F. Yeah, I typed it wrong. F-A-B-F 23. I was like, wait, what did I do? What's wrong? Uh, Originally aired November 7th, 2004. Written by Bill Odenkirk. Directed by David Silverman. Received a 6.3 rating with 11.3 million viewers. Good for third on the night. I think... You should never let. Just, they, I don't. I understand. This is the. This is the season sixteen premiere. Hey Matt, we're here. It's season sixteen. Um, Yay! A new trivia account. Yep. There you go. Um, I know that they don't necessarily control when their episodes debut or when the season starts, but it just feels wrong to me to have it after Halloween. That happened a lot of years, and I don't know why that happened for so many years consistently. And then they were finally able to get back to, hey, it's before Halloween. You want the answer? Sure. Ball is the answer. Oh God, that's the answer. Um, I'm pretty sure they just wanted to, you know, they they didn't they were they throw in throwing reruns after football because it would be preempted probably. I don't know. That's my guess. Um, no couch gag, no chalkboard gag, no graveyard sequence, nothing of that. We cut straight to a fake. I guess the opening sequence. I don't know what to call this. Um, I've never seen this episode. By the way, this is my first time. Fresh. Really? Never seen wow. it. Wow. Um, that's probably going to be the case a lot of these season 16 episodes. This is where I stopped watching originally. I stopped watching after season 15. I was like, this, I'm done. <laughs> I can't. I moved on. I moved. I went to college and we watched Futurama and Family Guy. We watched Adult Swim. And that's it. <laughs> we don't. We... Yeah, pretty much. I, I only have only seen this because I went back and watched all, like all of the Simpsons a couple of times. But yeah, didn't enjoy it. Yeah. Um. Every time I tried to do that, you know what happened? I got a season 15, and I gave, ran out of steam. Gave up. You got to, I'm impressed you got a season 15. And I, I mean, I, I would assume you got to season 11 and ran out of steam. I mean, I think it's, the, it's, a, it's again, like, oh, this is not good, not good, not good, not good, not... Okay, I can't do this anymore. I got to give up. Um, but we have an opening sequence, which I, is not... Is just random. I don't know what to call it. It doesn't connect. It, I guess it has Kang and Kodos in it, and Kang and Kodos is like in all of these. They show up. Well, it's the Halloween, the Halloween people. I, you don't have okay. They they appeared once. That's all they that all the eventually they stopped doing it because it was too much work, which is fine. But I don't. If you're just gonna throw them in for no reason, I don't don't do it. Um, and, but we have keeping it Kodos, which is a fake sitcom. Starring Kang and Kodos, uh, and it's like two minutes maybe where they're in a spaceship. It's a set up like a fake sitcom. We have audio, fake canned laughter from the audience, quote unquote. The Simpsons family are in the oven, a space oven. 
okay being cooked while still alive somehow yeah they're and they're and then but they're king and coda sword because their boss is coming over for a big meal and the boss comes over eats the family bart bursts through the boss's stomach and out out back out into the world and then they adopt bart and now it's basically an 80s sitcom where bart is the orphan kid that they adopt yeah and then we get and then there's the, the outro music credits credits music which is is fine um and that's it that's the that's the that's it that's the opening opening sequence i'm like i don't know what is this um i don't, I don't know what it does um but yeah it's it's <sighs> it, I, it preps us for a mediocre episode <laughs> you're not wrong i it's just so short that i don't know what to get from it it's all right I like I, I don't know i think some of it is my expectation of like Oh, we get a fun like Marge telling stories, or you know, you think back to my your favorite chess of hearts. It's always like, oh, they, they're telling stories at Halloween time, and then we get to see the family in Halloween costumes, and it just gets further and further and further away from that. I don't think this like if this sick if this fake sitcom thing was a, like a bumper an Adult Swim, I'd probably be totally fine with it. It's just like, oh, it's a fun dumb gag, and it lasts for a minute, two minutes, and you get this weird song at the end that's like a, a parody. You're like, oh, that's all right, it's nothing. But because it's connected to Chaos of Horror, I'm a little bit more critical of it. Can you say something, Matt? Yeah, I'm trying to think of the best way to express this, but I, I pretty much completely agree with you. I mean, this is just strange, and I feel like it sets a tone for the rest of the episode that it lives up to that tone of things that are supposed to be hoary, but not really getting there. It's just, it's supposed to be at this point. It seems like, Oh, this entire episode is just weird homages to other things. That's the best they can get. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. Empty pastiche is how I would honestly describe a lot of it. Um, there's no, s- not really good stories. And I think, again, there's no real, there's a lot of we have six minutes, so we have to get through things really fast, and we can't even we barely establish what is the plot, and then it just, and it's just, it's just more like oh, a gag. It's a, a series of gags that get us to an ending, not really a story. Like even when you think about the earlier Trails of Horrors, your favorite Trails of Horrors, there was a story, very simple story most of the time, but it was a story. Our first, our first story quote unquote is the dead zone uh have you ever seen the dead zone i have not have you ever read the dead zone i have not i like the dead zone a lot dead zone's a good book and movie i don't know about the tv show i never watched it um but christopher walken's a a tremendous weirdo he plays the main character of the movie who can see the future and that's what happens in this story ned is uh, nearly brained by Homer. Homer's trying to get a frisbee off of his roof with a bowling ball. I think that's the other thing that carries through all of these, at least in the my two stories. Yours is doesn't really have much Homer in it, but no, my two stories have a very obnoxious Homer. And the issue is, he's no different than the normal show. Yeah, he's literally just just playing Homer. It's the same Homer, like and like. It used to be like, oh, Homer in Chaos of Horror was cartoonishly stupid and mean and violent. But you're like, oh, it's Chaos of Horror. It's exaggerated. It's very hyper. Re- hi- it's a hyper reality. It's not not heightened reality. You're not supposed to 
take this as serious. But now the whole show is like this, so it's just another reminder. Um, the Homer is trying to get a Frisbee, and this is a running motif through this entire first little story. Homer's trying to get his Frisbee. Um, but he brains with Ned with a bowling ball, and Ned goes to the hospital. Ned, you nearly died of a brain tumor. Thank goodness that bowling ball knocked it out of your head. <laughs> Welcome back, dog. Ah, you look awfully pale. Let's get you some fresh air. Hey, while you're there, can you get my frisbee off the ledge? All right, but I swear to God, this is the very last time. Oh, man, is this gonna hurt? That's better. <laughs> so, you see Ned has a power mat. We do, and, and it's implied that the brain tumor was keeping this power at bay instead of, you know, causing it. So, apparently Ned has always been a superhero, but the brain tumor was keeping him down. I don't think they thought about that in a mo- there's no There's no thought process in any of this, Matt. There's no... True. It's Ned has a power. We discover he has a power. He gets hit in the head with a bowling ball, and he has a power now. Uh, we see Mole Man get eaten by some sewer alligators as Ned is walking down the street. He foresees it, and then it happens. Um, then Homer shows up, and Ned reveals that he has this power, and Homer sees a money-making opportunity, but that nothing comes of that. I don't know why they include this bit. Because they need to just stretch time oddly enough i like but because homer doesn't use him to make any money you think that'd be the story like okay homer's gonna try and use ned's you know future telling abilities to make money doesn't happen homer but ned does see homer's death he sees that ned himself shoots homer to death and this bothers ned this is the one bit of like character in this where ned is literally like no well i to not have to to be this person where I end up killing Homer, I'm going to move away. I'm going to get away from Homer. It's the only way I can guarantee to stop it. Um, And Ned is moving. Lisa and Bart, he tells them, he's like, oh, I'm moving so I don't kill your father. I saw I'm going to kill my father. Kill your father. And Bart and Lisa are like, oh, just don't shoot him in the face. Like That's the family motto. Family. In the face. I just don't. You, there has there's they don't. They treat it like a joke. Everyone treats everything in this is just a joke. It's not there's no real tension. There's no real worry. Well, I mean, I think the tension is supposed to come from the fact that Ned believes he has this power and everyone else just kind of treats Ned's like, oh, yeah, sure. You have this power, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Because, I mean, a, a big part of the middle of this segment is Homer saying, you think you're going to kill me? Psh, yeah, right. And so he gives Ned a gun and is like, oh, come on, do it. Do it, you wuss, which we're not even going to get into that. I'm just I'm going to skip over that. Uh but I'm going to tell yeah, well, that's the next thing that happens because Homer discovers like, you're not going to kill me. And then Ned gets Wiggum's gun. And we have the, and it, frankly, Matt, like I like I like Shades of Horror segments that are genuinely creepy. They're genuinely disturbing. Um, It's a fine line. It's a hard place for them to navigate because they their main goal is to make you laugh. First, I think first and foremost, they're not really focusing on trying to tell a spooky story, like a true horror story. They're like they're referencing horror stories some of the time. Um but we are in this point when Ned gets when Ned gets William's gun, we are in his perspective. The camera moves to Ned's point POV. 
as he's pointing the gun at Homer and Homer is like, and he's trying to not shoot Homer and Homer keeps jumping in front of the gun and like starts batting at it. Like he's a kitty cat. And it made me genuinely uncomfortable. Really? Interesting. I mean, not, not good. It's not good. Uncomfortable. I I, I don't want to shoot people like, and then Ned's like, and Ned doesn't want to shoot people. And Homer's like, ah, you're going to shoot me. I'm like, are, what is this? What are yeah, we? It's, it's treating guns far too lightly. It's, it's, it's almost as if it's the Homer from the first part of the cartridge fail. I mean, that's what it is. I mean, and that's, I, I, I would excuse it because it's true smart, but then it, normal Homer is like this too. But Ned averts disaster. He destroys the gun, throws it into a gun shipper. I guess that's a we have a super powerful wood chipper that can destroy a gun. Those are the ones they use to destroy hard drives. You just toss them in, and it doesn't matter what you do. Hopefully, the gun was not loaded if you're throwing it in one of the houses. I, it was almost certainly loaded. Matt Wiggum's not going to carry around an unloaded gun. Um, okay, it's Wiggum. It could be made of candy for all we know. <laughs> a candy gun. It makes me feel a little exactly. bit better about that the previous sequence. So Ned doesn't kill Homer, but now he has unlocked a worse future. I was supposed to shoot you, but I didn't. I changed the future. What have I done? I've changed the future for the worst. Homer, stay away from the nuclear plant. Fine, I'll never go back. Starting tomorrow. Today is Lenny's birthday and they're having ice cream cake. But but, but you're going to kill us all. But ice cream cake. <laughs> I gotta find Homer. He's gonna blow up the whole town. Yeah, well, you know, you gotta take the bitter with the sweet. Homer, do not press the core destruct button. Press destruct button. So, press the core destruct button, Robbie. Press it. (laughs) Okay, so, Ned sees a future where Homer blows up the nuclear plant. Kills the kills everyone, so he has to stop it. All right, good. That's a good enough hook, I guess. Um, but he just tells Homer that and Homer just goes. Why doesn't Ned do something before Homer gets in his car? See, I think one of the things about this episode is it's one of those predeterministic fallacies. Like, oh, if Ned didn't have this power, none of this would have happened. So it's basically, I don't know what these are trying to say, but it's something that's it's basically a Twilight Zone episode at this point, um, because it's 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 basically telling us that. Everything is predetermined. If Ned Ned shouldn't try and use this power to stop these things because it's going to happen no matter what, because him having the powers is what causes these futures to come about. So if he were to ignore the power, then these bad futures wouldn't happen. So it's just strange. But I mean, they don't. There is zero discussion about that, Matt. Nothing. No reference to anything. No, because they don't have time for that. They have to have stupid jokes. Well, I mean. that's the thing. There's nothing. This episode isn't about anything, and it's also not like theoretically. It's a parody of you know of stories like this. You know, a lot of the time the at the end of the Trials of Horror episode, it is actually when we get to like oh the the dramatic climactic conclusion, it ends up skewering the story tropes that the original had. And in this case, it would be that kind of stuff where, you know, Lisa might show up and say like, well, Ned, you wouldn't have done this if you didn't have the power. And then Ned would be like, well, wait a minute. But if I didn't have the power, then I wouldn't have known blah, 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 blah. You know, all these things, you know, that, and you could 
poke fun at the that pre the deterministic weird things that these kinds of stories end up perpetuating. But they don't do any of that. There's nothing about that at all. Zero mention of it. Um, because Ned goes to the plant. Homer is in like a big glass tube with a control panel inside. Like I've never, we've never seen this at the plant before. This is an entirely new construction, and there's just a big old button that blow up plant. <laughs> Which, I mean, I wish they would have at least labeled it something like remove uh, react uh, remove uh, rods reactor control rods. So uh, at least it doesn't say destroy plant or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm like, that's not a, like, there are so many things you're like, hey, that's, is this supposed to be, like, are, where are we? Are we in Cartoon World? Like, remember there was an episode. Solidly. Solidly. (laughs) I just, I, I, the only bit I did laugh at in this segment is the, the malfunctioning microphone. I did think that was funny with Flanders telling him to don't push the button and all Homer hears is push button. And Homer's like, hmm, all right. Um. Ned gets the gun from a security guard, shoots Homer four or five times. Um, Homer dies, but in his thrashings, death thrash, he ends up pushing the button, blowing up the town. And then everybody goes to heaven. Homer, I'm so mad at you. I'll bet you blew up the town just to get out of cleaning the garage. (laughs) Everything's coming up, Homer. Yeah, well, the joke's on you, smart guy. The garage made it to heaven, too. Hmm, I wonder if I could blow up heaven. Homer Simpson, it's time you got what's coming to you. Your frisbee. Cool. You guys got a good buffet up here? Oh, yeah. Just stay away from the three bean salad. You're not the boss of me. There was not a single redeeming thing that happened in that entire clip. Like they could have cut the entire thing, and everything would have been better for it. Yeah, they're in heaven. All the the family in Flanders. I don't know why they're like. Why is this here? What does this have to do with the dead zone? What does this have to do with telling a future? What kind? What is it telling? What's what jokes are? Is it, is it telling about this themes? About what is what is it? Not. It doesn't. Not, there's nothing here. It's just oh, they're in heaven. It, we'll make a joke about a garage being here and about buffets. Yeah, it's very generic, and it could be in any episode. It doesn't. There's nothing particular that makes it belong here. Um, I, I don't know. I do not like the Ned Zone. Now we can go to your act, so I don't have to talk for a little bit. We go to commercial. Uh, you see how much I don't like <laughs> whatever this was called for be for beheadings in a funeral. <laughs> okay, I didn't look at the title. I mean, okay, so. This is a Jack the Ripper story, uh, mixed with a little Sherlock Holmes, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So you have uh, basically Jack the Ripper. It opens up with him murdering a, a lady of the evening, as it were. And then we get uh, our introduction to the main characters in this particular segment. Oh, looks like the mutton chop murderer has struck again. What should we do with the body? I want you to dust her for prints. What does that mean? The prince is coming by, and I want her clean when he looks her over. Perhaps we can be of assistance, Inspector. Well, 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 look who's here. Master Detective Eliza Simpson and her easily amazed sidekick, Dr. Bartley. (gasps) What's this? A doorknob. Good show. So, that's the kind of jokes we're getting already. (laughs) Dusting for prince. Did you... But you didn't include Marge there, Matt. What's what? Why? 
Did you not include? No, because she comes uh, a little bit later. I feel like she's in the same scene at the end. Um, oh, is it really okay? Yeah. Uh, I just, I just, because Mar just hurt me, and I don't want to relive that. I just, it's Julie. I, Julie Kavner's British Cockney voice is not good. <laughs> it's not. It's not good. Um, it's just right up there with Dick Van Dyke, uh, with, and Mary Poppins. It's not good none of them are good honestly but it does that doesn't necessarily matter i suppose but this is apparently this is a parody of from hell matt which is is a jack the ripper from that from hell you haven't read from hell you haven't read the comic i have not what is wrong with you what are you doing what are you doing with your life Uh, working mostly you sit on your butt the whole time while you're working you don't do anything just read a comic book while you're doing it Good idea, actually. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Uh, From Hell is a comic that was made into a bad movie with Johnny Depp in it, uh, where he's a detective and he's trying to solve Jack Ripper murders. Uh, the comic book is really weird and crazy and about British occultism. It's by Alan Moore. And uh, okay, any, any, no, that's all you had to say. I'm I'm down. Yeah, it's very disturbing. So buckle up, anyone who wants. To, if you want real horror, read From Hell because that's what that is. It's it's also very long. That's also another warning. It's a long story. Um, I, yeah, the jokes in this are, this is not here. And this is the thing, like, this is setting us up to be like, oh, this is like a little detective story. Lisa and Bart are Sherlock and Watson or Sherlock and Watson analogs. They're going to track down and find the, this mutton chops killer. Uh, The mutton chop murderer. Thank you very much. Oh, who cares? Um, I know. Uh, and we're going to get like clues and they're going to follow things around. No, it doesn't. I mean, not so much in terms of clues or anything. Uh, So, yes, uh, as Robbie said, we get Marge as a cockney flower girl uh, who, as a witness to the murder, or at least there is someone acting very strangely and dropping a knife covered in blood. Uh, So it's a very fancy looking knife. So Lisa and Bart go to what is essentially comic book guy uh, who has a curios shop where he's trying to get them to buy Victorian comics, which are obviously terrible. Uh, But when he goes to look up who purchased the Seven Swords of Osiris, which is what the murder weapons are, uh, which fits in with the British, you know, age of exploration theme, uh, he is murdered, uh, luckily with another sword of Osiris. uh, But the mutton chop murderer does not get the ledger, so uh, Lisa and Bart are able to tell, oh, it was Mr. Burns, C. Ebenezer Burns, which, okay. Yes, Ebenezer, perfect for Mr. Burns, uh, was the one who bought them. Uh, so obviously, come up a guy is killed. He tries to use an elixir of life to save himself, but it falls on a stool, and we get 30 seconds of a gag of a stool coming to life and naming himself Stanley Stulowitz, Simon Stulowitz, something like that, something stupid that wastes more time. I, so, okay, again, from hell, Matt. If this uh-huh. is what this is a parody of from a from hell story, from hell is very dark, very grim. It's about Jack the Ripper murders, which are terrible, terrible things. So it makes sense. It's a dark mystery, dark investigative story. Why in the middle of it would you have a joke about a, a literally? It's like this is Beauty and the Beast. This is a Beauty and the Beast joke. Like, oh, a stool comes to life and runs around like it's a little teacup and then runs down the street right past Lisa and Bart, by the way. And they don't say where they're just like, oh, oh, yeah, it runs right past Lisa and Bart. I just, why is this here? This is tonally like, Matt, figure out what you're doing. Like, and it's not funny. Again, if it was funny, I'd forgive it. 
if any, not one. I did. <laughs> I did. I will. I do not. I don't think I. I laughed at the the microphone gag in the first segment. I did not laugh at this anything in this one. Um, I did not enjoy. This is my least favorite of these three. Yeah, no, no surprise there. So let's get through as quickly as we can. No, no, no. We have to go slower, Matt. Slower. Robbie, I, I don't, I don't like being tortured with things I don't like. I'm not, I'm not uh, like I'm not a it's not, Here, I we were kind of we're crafting on this a lot already. It's not as bad as Bart Mangle Banner. That is that is definitely true. But the but, jokes might be worse. I'm no, not sure. no, 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 we'll, we'll, no, no, Matt, Matt, no, 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 Matt, I, don't, no, don't. No, they're not worse. Robbie, I'm don't. trying to set things up to let the viewer or uh, listener, I guess, uh, uh, decide. Oh, boy. So, okay. So, Lisa and Bart go to an opium den, which is run by Mo, because obviously Mo's a bartender in Springfield. Therefore, he's an opium den uh, manager in you know Victorian England. Uh, they find Burns uh, smoking an opium pipe, and he says, oh, yes, I sold all of the swords for opium. And he wishes he had them again so he could sell them for more opium because that's the way it is when you're a heroin addict, which is essentially what opium is. Uh, he says, oh, I sold it to a fat man with sideburns, which, oh, look, Homer just happens to be right there, and he's a fat man with sideburns. Uh, we're going to get to that particular strain uh, at the end. Uh, so Bart and Lisa take off after Homer. Uh, he leads them on a merry chase before they are actually able to, you know, get him. Uh, Chief Wiggum captures. Chief Wiggum captures him. Matt, to be fair, right? Because he happens to be in the right place at the right time to stop him. Yes. Which, okay. Uh, so yes, Ralph is smoking opium because aha, that's what they did to kids in the day. I mean, he gets to give you give kids whiskey, so why not opium? Uh, so yes, Wiggum uh, manages to catch the mutton chop murderer. And so Homer goes to the gallows because obviously they killed you for practically anything back then. So murder, obviously, you're going to get killed. And I don't think that's this true. Is, In 1890, I mean, it's the 1890s. Right. They didn't just kill a bunch of people. Public executions were still a thing in the 1890s. I mean, they still execute people today, man. I'm just saying they, it's not like they killed a lot of people all the time, at least not directly. That's true. They, they mostly just sent you to a workhouse or shipped you off to Australia. So either one works, really. So uh, my next clip is basically the end of the entire story, and it's uh, it's a thing. Please spare me. I'm not a murderer. I'm not. And I've never known the pleasures of a woman or a proper eating apple. Quiet, you. Yeah, there's cheese in my eel pie. This week in our summer hanging series, we're pleased to present the mutton chop murderer. At last, God-fearing Londoners are free to walk whore alley. Stay your hand, Inspector. That man is innocent. The murderer's blade is covered with blood, but the handle is covered with something else. The unmistakable fragrance of eel pie. Hey, lots of people like eel pie. Yeah? Well, how many of them have mutton chops? And why can't you be more like Eddie? He never says a word against me. Well, that's because you cut out his tongue. He's right, Eve. Inspector Wiggum, you are the most famous member of Scotland Yard. Why would you do this? Well, the fact is, I wanted to come up with a case even you couldn't solve. And besides... So long, you stupid British twitch! Oh! You'll never catch me! I'm traveling at the speed of wind! <laughs> Remember me for my police work and not the murder! Well done. Their fleet is destroyed. 
craziest dream. Rappy, you're still in it. So several things. Um, <laughs> mutton chops were very popular during this period. Lots of people like eel pie. So I imagine the fat Matt, men who like eel pie with mutton chops Matt, is probably Matt, a Matt, Matt, cross section. Matt, 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 Matt. You didn't. We haven't mentioned. It doesn't matter, I guess, because none of this. It's not like this is a proper actual mystery or whatever. But they do find another. They find Patty and or Selma stabbed with another one of the weapons, which is the weapon that Lisa has in that last scene. Um, I have so like. There's so many. There's so much going on here that I just can't wrap my brain around. Like I don't understand. Like it's just so, like a, this burst of information is all like. And all this stuff happens. Well, that's how a lot of mystery stories are. They're like, oh, when it comes time to solve the mystery, there's a whole bunch of information you couldn't possibly have known that, that gets that, thrown in there to make the that, 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 No, 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 man. That's not true, Matt. That's those are bad mysteries. Oh yes. Uh, okay, fine. There's a lot of bad mystery stories. That's like that. you don't just give a bunch of exposition at the end. It should work in clockwork so that it, it's the last piece of the puzzle, and then it, everything clicks into place when you just get that last little bit of information. Is okay. I have so many questions, Matt. Please answer them. I need your help. No, no, Robbie. I'm not going to answer nope, anything. No, nope, nope. there are no my, my questions. Here's my first question: Is Wiggum not British in this segment? I believe he's supposed to be. He calls everyone you British twits. That seems like very specific reference to people that aren't him, or to him if he was not British. But yeah. So he's is he British or not? He doesn't have a British accent. Maybe he's Scottish, Matt. I don't. Okay. First, that was my first question. Second question. Do what? Okay. I know this is, I don't know. I don't know what this is. Honestly, mutton chops. <laughs> Can we establish what mutton chops are? They're a facial hair feature that, like I said, was very prominent during this. No, time. but Wiggum is, and it is a, a thing. Oh, that, the fact that he hides his mutton chops underneath his hair. Yeah, his, his underneath his hat. That's what I'm saying. The mutton chop murder. That's what we know. That's the thing we know about this killer is it's the mutton chop murder. I don't know how we know that because he's killed everyone who's seen him, but we know he has mutton chops. Wiggum doesn't have mutton chops, so he can't be the killer. And then it's revealed that his mutton chops are hiding underneath his hat. What is what is going on? Like, that's cheating, guys. You can't do that. You cannot put a suspect directly in front of the audience's face the entire time and never give them a single clue that they're the killer. You're like, oh, yeah, the one distinguishing feature that the killer has. Well, no, no, uh, they did. There was the eel pie thing. That's the, the oh, wait, the eel pie thing you didn't, you didn't know until the very end. Huh. Weird how that Yeah, works. that's a lot of jokes about how British people like terrible food. And that's like, I, that's really cheap because it's not mostly not true. Fish and chips is delicious. Yeah, most British food is fine. It's not very heavily spiced, but you know, that's why they brought Indian food to the UK. <laughs> no, that's not why, Matt. You want to talk about why they did that? No, Robbie, <laughs> it was supposed to be a joke, and uh, uh, well, okay. So just, that's why they enjoy Indian food. Okay. That's not why they brought it. I in. was like, they brought it in because of imperialism, um, slaughter, mass slaughter. Um, okay, so mud chops—they're—they're attached to your face. Okay, you don't hide them underneath your hat, and like, even if that's the joke, you got to do more to establish. Okay, if William is your killer, like I know they don't care about any of this, Matt. Okay, but I do. I do care. They don't care about any of this. They just want a quick story they throw together with some gags in it. They didn't care if they're writing a real mystery. 
I'm in the middle of uh, doing final revisions on a whodunit killer slasher mystery story. So pardon me if I'm very particular. And it's taken me hundreds of hours to get it right. And they did not give a single crap about it in this segment. We give us the killer and we find out his motivation is I wanted to make a mystery that even you couldn't solve. Oh, God. That's if that's his motivation, you should probably establish that at the beginning of the story and like let us see that more than just at the end. Okay, we're gonna escape. (laughs) I feel like I'm losing my mind, Matt. We're gonna escape in a balloon, hot air balloon, Mm -hmm. correct? That happens. I didn't, I didn't dream that. Yes, and then well, you didn't dream it. That's my next question. Because then we see Kang and Kodos in like a steampunk spaceship. A steampunk spaceship. Okay. In their they have mutton chops on. Because everyone has mutton chops. Uh, okay. Are we to believe that Kang and Kodos's technology mirrors our own? Like aliens could have spaceships in the 1890s. You know, they're tech- their their path of discovering technology all the technology has to fit into the time period according to human scales the other option here is that kang kodos are not actually aliens but exist on earth they're some kind of weird mutants that's that's what we call the futurama explanation okay thank you but then okay so they they fly through they fly through Wiggum's balloon and he the balloon goes like does the cartoon balloon thing and flies around and then we see Wiggum just go over the horizon and discounting the fact that we just saw King of Kodos in this in this segment, and they're they're like buzzing rooftops at this point, like they're right. Like, does no one notice the giant spaceship? I don't know. Then we are we to believe that like how much of the because so, we cut to Ralph having an opium dream, and Wiggum is right there. Is this all Ralph's dream? Was the whole thing Ralph's dream? Yes, the whole thing was Ralph's dream, and. Well, we don't even know because at the end, it's still another dream. It's a dream within a dream kind of thing. And just, thankfully, that is how it ends. And we go to commercial and we can stop talking about it. I just like why it ended this way. Like, what's going on? Third segment in the belly of the boss. Oh, God. <laughs> Did you not enjoy this one, Matt? It's it's better than the last one. This is what Fantastic Journey. Fantastic Voyage. Voyage. That's what it was. Yes, which is, you know, people shrink down and go inside of some somebody's body. That's the general conceit. And we've seen this. I feel like we've seen The Simpsons do a version of this before, somewhere, somehow. Or, or maybe I've just yeah. seen it so many times that I just have missed. I've gotten it all mixed up in my head because it's certainly possible. I know that other shows have done this a lot. It's a very popular trope. Um, So we so we're at the New Invention Expo. Jump right into the story. Um, Thank goodness. Yes. I this is probably my favorite of the three cuz at least it gives us some interesting visuals. And it I don't know, has some genuine horror in it to at, at the <laughs> at the end, I would say. So we see uh Professor Frank demonstrating this new thing. He's like, "Oh, it's a giant pill and it has a bunch of vitamins in it. They're huge." And he's like, "Oh, this is a this is how we're going to get uh, a bunch of somebody to have incredible health by condensing this this these vitamins and you take the pill and you feel better i don't know it doesn't really it's like yes i it's funny the actual 
scientific you know, creation here is uh, the shrinking technology. Uh, the pill is fine. We have lots of pills like that. But you can shrink things. That's kind of more important. You're burying the lead here, Frank. Well, I, I – that's the other thing. Like, if you shrink it down, wouldn't it just be – it's not – you don't still get all of the vitamin. No, because your body wouldn't – if you shrink down molecules, which, again, not a thing that happens depending on how that works. I mean, they probably would have happened. Maybe the point is that they will very slowly dis- like uh, dissolve the coating over time, and then it'll be like a time release thing. Like, very slowly, those vitamins and minerals will expand and be usable, but it happens somehow slowly enough for each individual one that it just for the rest of your life, yeah, you know, they're sl- very slowly one at a time re-expanding and being usable, which would be awesome. Uh, you can just implant a little thing that releases vitamins in your body for a very long time. But I doubt that's how this works. No, I don't know what this is. But Maggie is uh, is there, and she climbs out of her stroller and jumps into this big giant pill, uh, and sh- then Frank shrinks it, burns, swallows it, and then we discover, oh no, Maggie is trapped inside, shrunk inside, Mr. Burns. That sounds like Maggie, but she's right here. I- now, now, don't worry, my dear woman. She will be rocked gently to sleep by the stomach acid. <laughs> Hold on, Maggie. Daddy's coming. Come on. I've got her. Oh, man. No, wait. This is yours. Your daughter has 30 minutes before the acid dissolves the capsule. But we can rescue her by sending a miniaturized vessel through Mr. Burns' body. You stop that. The felt is slicing through me like a knife. Bionauts, assemble. Captain. Science officer. Security. Marge. Now I insist you take off your shoes when you get inside. And uh, while you're in there, grab as much cancer as you can. So I like... I like the felt cutting through burns like a knife. I, I thought that was a solid, that's a solid gag. Solid mm-hmm. line. Yep. I like Marge yelling her role as Marge. Yes, because she is the woman of the group. Yeah. And I feel like this segment does earn that. Like this segment makes a concerted effort to demonstrate the, tr- the, 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 the lady tropes. Like, oh, we have the one, the, the lady, she's the sex character. Like they do it repeatedly. They do the Marge getting her clothes. You know, she's yeah, wearing. She has the, the the sexy costume, and then it gets you know cut off of her in very strategic ways. Yes, which I, and I think that they are making a point there. I will give them kudos there. So this is not just incidental. Um, they they get shrunk and they go inside. Um, Homer, Matt, 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 Homer, why, Matt, why? Instead of giving him a character, a reason for not listening to Frank or for going off on his own, doing whatever, they just make him, they just make him stupid. Like, why? Okay, Robbie, do you feel that the Simpsons writers this time have any other character trait for Homer that they try to write into every episode besides the fact that he's dumb? Because I don't. I've lost all faith in that. I mean, I'm just, it's just... It's not that much more work, though. Like, Homer... Here, this is not a crazy... This I don't think... I feel like this is not a crazy belief I have, but I know there are stupid people in the world that do a lot of really illogical things, irrational things. 2020 has proven that out 
Don't need to prove that to me. I got it. I believe you. However, they still have reasons. You know, they don't just do things, which is what Homer does in this immediately. He immediately is just obnoxious, doesn't listen to Frank. He should have a reason. That's all I'm saying. He can still be an idiot and be stupid, but it has to be like, oh, I don't trust Frank because of this, or I'm not doing what Frank says because of this reason. Good point. That's all it is. That's all I want. And they don't give that. It's literally just Homer immediately. As soon as they're inside, they have a mission. Like he is, he's doing everything they say to do until immediately he's inside and suddenly he just goes off book because the plot needs him to. Give him a reason. That's all I'm asking. Um, it's probably a time thing because I feel like the same thing happens in a lot of sci-fi movies. It's like, oh, we're going to send people in into this dangerous mission. So we're going to send a leader type character, not a scientist type character. And the leader type character is like, no, I know what's going on. And usually they are proven right by the movie well, or TV show or whatever. And I think in this case, I appreciate Homer getting screwed because he's a dumbass. And that's not a thing you do. You listen to your scientists. Well, I would say, Matt, you just have it have Burns give him some other mission while he's in there. And Homer screws up. Burn, oh, that's a good Burns idea. wants Homer. Hey, like you said, go get that a cancer out of me. Maybe he's like, hey, Homer, I will fire. I'm going to fire you once you're out. Unless you also get this thing out of my body. And in the process of that, he does, he screws up and we get to the point where he crashes the ship into Burns' heart. They have to get out of the ship and get the ship back on track. Your ship is wedged in Mr. Burns' heart and you must dislodge it from the outside. But watch out for retroviruses. Oh boy, are they retro. It's a fun design by R. Crumb, who is friends with Harvey Picar. Seriously, though, touch one and you're dead. Why is my swimsuit so revealing? Marge, that's what turns a mediocre voyage into a fantastic voyage. Maybe this will help. Where'd you get that rib? There's a whole rack of them over there. I only ate two. Bart, what are you doing? Taking a whiz. Stop that. We're guessing, Mr. Burns. Yeah, don't do that, Bert. That's not nice. Yeah, don't don't eat somebody's ribs from the inside. Although it's Mr. Burns, so there's probably not a whole lot of meat on them to begin with. Uh, yeah, they're not doing a great... Burns' body not in great shape anyway, but they're really, they're really doing a number. He might have been better off not having them inside of him. Yeah, right. it, it, yeah they should be like, yeah, well, he's just going to die. Why don't we just cut him open and take it out? We need to take out Maggie. Yeah, she's a child. He's an old man. So uh, Marge, they make fun of, they, they point out Marge, why is Marge wearing a swimsuit and everyone else is wearing normal suits. Um, they pull out the ship and they finally, and this is the thing, I, this is the other thing, Matt, that bothers me about this, is mm-hmm. there's no drama about actually saving Maggie. The drama is they got a they crash in a burns heart and they're worried about getting eaten in in there for some reason. But Maggie is literally we just jump directly and they saved Maggie. Homer is pulling her out. Uh, well, there is a bit where Homer fires all the guns on the ship and Burns's body uh, like there's boom and explosion noises and Burns. Yeah. There's that. That's a gag. Um, but then we just jump directly to Homer using a little crane hook arm to pick up Maggie and bring her inside. Like, where's the drama? Where's the conflict? Like, they, there is none. There's no build up to that. Like, I, again, maybe it's just they don't have enough time. 
but maybe don't have a, a two-minute intro sitcom thing. Maybe just tell your stories and give them 30, 40, 45 more seconds so we can build towards, oh, no, there is something in the way of us saving Maggie. What could it be? We have to get through it. Like some body monster or some terrible yeah, thing. Yeah, or like the, the, the immune system is, is fighting us. We have to get through it kind of thing. Yeah, and it looks all mutated because it's burns and he's absorbed a lot of radiation. Like have some fun some conflict there but there is none they rescue maggie but then we learn that one of the 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 ship can't get out there's not enough fuel because the wouldn't they know that power yes in order for this to work everyone has to be stupid in the plot okay thank you matt that's all i needed you to say Uh uh-huh so they need to leave someone behind Uh uh-oh guess who it's homer I'm afraid I have some bad news, um, Simpsons. Uh, with the baby's extra weight, you don't have enough power to make it back. And one of you must stay behind to save the rest. Frank out. Oh my god! This is the worst Halloween horror we've ever faced! And my blood cells are attacking my clothes! Although I must admit, they know where to stop. We'll have to lighten the ship, which means one of us has to stay behind. Bart? Disa? Find me. Don't worry, we'll be fine. I'm saying goodbye to everything I ever loved. Oh, a marshmallow! Boy, when God closes a door, he opens a window. <laughs> and that just makes me... Ma- Maggie weighs too much? Apparently, just rip out, Maggie. rip out uh, some consoles. A seat. Yeah. yeah, right? Just rip out some of that crap and throw it out and it burns his body. I mean, throw it in his stomach, he'll just poop it out. It'll be fine. So, whatever. Homer's left behind. And then we get the truly, the most disgusting and horrific thing in this entire episode. Oh, God. Oh, we have to talk about this. <laughs> yes, we do. It's, it's an episode, Matt. We have to do our due diligence. Where a Homer exp- expand, like, did they ever establish that there's a time limit on this? On how long you're shrunk? I mean, yeah, that was the whole point in the first place was it's 30 minutes. No, that's 30 minutes until Maggie gets dissolved by stomach acid. Oh, that was not 30 yeah, minutes right. until Maggie grows up. And theoretically, if they're shrieking this vitamins down inside you, you don't want that to get big again. Yeah, you're right. This makes no sense at all. Even more, even more, even less sense than it did in the first place. Thank you, Robbie, for pointing out one more. I know. It's just they never established that you get big after a certain amount of time. I assume that you would get come back out and then they would then Frank would re in you. I that's what that's I ass- idea. I assume he would reverse the shrink ray. So Homer is left behind and then he grows to back to normal size while still in Mr. Burns's body and is like in underneath his skin. And then we cut back to the family at dinner and they're like they're you know they think Homer's dead, but then he he's not dead. He is underneath inside burns somehow underneath his skin and they're at dinner together and he wants to eat but he can't because he doesn't have a mouth hole he's just skin he just has a skin like his mouth is covered in skin and Um, somehow he is able to breathe i don't know matt i don't know that that should be the bottom of this episode i don't know i don't know it's just stuff happening uh that's and it largely is like what's going on in this episode it's just like hey segment by segment stuff happens and there's a loose like idea loose theme but they don't like 
Fantastic, Fantastic Voyage, like, Belly the Boss, actually does it does a single joke that's making fun of the tropes of the story about the sexy lady character. That's the only thing that happens. That is what I would expect from a Treehouse of Horror. Uh, not, there's not really any of these, and nothing else happens in any of the other segments that is... I guess the, I would give the sitcom thing does have a little bit of that sitcom-y trope uh, jokes in it. Um, but the Simpsons have done that a lot. That's their bread and butter. And then the end of the episode, Burns and Homer dance. Uh, yeah. They dance. And then everyone dances. Every All the characters from this in, every segment. Like, Ned is there, and the mole man and the alligator are there. And, like, every they're all in costume, and, like, they're all dancing at the end. That's how the, sh- the episode ends. I don't know. At least, it, at least it ended. At least it ended. Yeah, I don't know what this is. Um, it's the whole thing is just Treehouse of Horror is now an homage to classic movies or stories, basically, and and they they can't come up with real horror anymore, uh, or at least they haven't tried. I don't. I don't even need here. The thing man, is, I don't. I don't need. I don't need them to make it really scary. I don't need them. They can be just genre homages. That is completely fine with me. It still has to be, it has to tell a story, even it's very simple. And it has to point, the whole point of the Trails of Horrors segments in the beginning was making fun of these tropes. Was like by subverting our, subverting these tropes and showing us how silly they are. Like how in like the very first Trails of Horror in, uh, in uh, the 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 King and Codis segment, they kidnap the Simpsons, and it's revealed that King and Codis actually aren't cannibals, or not not cannibals. I guess they're not human. They don't eat humans, and that the actual monsters are the Simpsons. And the Amityville Horror, the Bad Dream House, also the same. The monsters are the Simpsons. We are the monsters. Like it's it's simple subversions like that, and there's no subversion in this. This is just things happen in a, in a genre story but there's no there's no cleverness and there's no real like it's just stuff happening like the murder mystery one is the most the one that really i hate i really don't like this for the jack the ripper story because it, it's just there's it's not a mystery it's not clever it has story it, like the jokes are oh we made a stool come to life like beauty and the beast and british people eat bad food and opium was a thing like those are the jokes like it is like i didn't i had a couple laughs in the belly of the boss a couple laughs in the ned zone but who come on i just want reasons give me reasons people do things for reasons even cartoon characters i feel like this is like the family guyization of oh the god because uh, you're right well i mean if you think about it, a lot of it is a lot of family guy humorous cutaway gags that don't have any relation to the actual plot line. So the Simpsons writers feels like feel like they can do a happy medium and no you can't. Yeah, this is not not pleasant. Um we'll rank we'll rank them at the end of the show. Matt, you gotta you gotta do it. You gotta do the thing. Oh, is this the me. time? Yeah, <laughs> uh Robbie, is this episode broken? Can we even ask that about Treehouse of Horrors? Because... I don't know. I mean, are, you, are I, any of these three segments broken? I guess. I mean, I I, I think it's not a fair question asked about Trace of Horror, at least not in our typical barometer. Um, I don't think it's broken. Like it, it, it's it'd be very it's very difficult. I think for um a Trace of Horror to be broken in that way, I think it'd have to be. I don't know. 
they're bad. It's bad that I want to call it broken. You know, like that's what I mean. That's I think my how I would describe it, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's pretty dead on. Um, we can move on to our next segment. It's time for comments on the news group. Okay, here we are. Alt dot nerd dot obsessive. Comments from News Group is where I look through the No Homers Not Net form and see what people thought of the episode when it came out. Uh, pick up some reviews, read them out loud. We make fun of people from the past. They were largely happy with this episode, Matt. I mean, everyone seems to like Treehouse of Horrors, even when they're not good. I, yeah, I don't know. I think it's, again, a lot of stuff's happening, and it's happening very quickly. Like, it's not boring. Like, you're not bored watching this. It's just things are moving too quickly True. for you to get bored. And I think a lot of the time, as long as you're not, like, a lot of, like, that's the, the kiss of death for anything, is if it's boring. If it's boring, it's not, like, you, the, that, it, when something's boring, you lose a lot of people because they don't really care if it's, like, well put together or if it makes sense. They're just, they just don't want to be bored. So this isn't boring. It, it moves. And it, it, it jumps between the three segments very quickly. And there's constantly things happening, too much happening, frankly, for my taste. But I think yeah. that I think that explains a lot of time about why people like this stuff. It's just like it's not boring. It's crazy, but things and but things are always happening. Um, the the highest it's thirty eight percent was a four out of five. That's the highest percentage. The next is three out of five with a twenty seven percent, but then eighteen percent with a five out of five, and then single digits through two and one out of five. First review. Uh, the episode didn't produce really any, uproar- any uproarious laughs, but all three shorts were solid. Ned Zone actually had a Halloween-ish feel to it. Four Beddings was just a good parody of Sherlock Holmes. And In the Belly was funny as well. Just an overall solid episode. I'd have to say this was the best race of horror in quite some time. Four out of five, a B plus. Um, next, the theme song was funny. The intro, otherwise meh. The Ned Zone was excellent. Nothing not to like. Four Beddings and Funeral was less successful in my view. Enjoyable, though. The animation was stellar. The ending was another odd moment. In the belly of the boss was easily the weakest segment. Too many dumb jokes and no real funny moments. Ending was terrible. Overall, not as good as 14, but better than 13. B minus because of the Ned Zone. I honestly feel like the Ned Zone is probably the best one. So that person is uh, has a very different opinion than I do. No, they like the Ned Zone. That's what they're saying. Oh, they're, sorry. They're giving it a B minus because they, didn't, they li- didn't like the other ones oh, as much. because they liked the Ned Zone. Ned Zone brought it up. Uh, finally... I'm surprised by how much I didn't like this episode. Each skit had one major thing that I disliked. In the Ned Zone, I hated a Homer taunted the gun-wielding Ned. It'd be headings. Ralph smoking opium pushed the wrong buttons for me. In Valley of the Boss, Homer's recklessness and lack of concern for his family when he didn't listen to Frank and drove the shuttle as though he had a death wish made me wince. Those two Homer instances really felt like Jerk Homer returned from cartoon jail in fine form. Yes, that's 100% my complaints as well. I only laughed at a few instances. I thought the plots and the skits were terrible. Most of the jokes fell flat, and the above instances really crossed the line for me. There are a couple of neat animations, like when Homer threw stones at Bart and Lisa and the zooming in on Ned's eyes in the Ned zone. Overall, though, I didn't really like the art or animation, and for some reason, they seemed pretty rough to me. As has been a problem recently, run some of these gags too long. Throwing stones, throwing, oh, throwing stoners, the opium, throwing the opium addicts was funny, but they just had to add Mo going, hey, read the sign. Interesting Bart is easily amazed, sounded like there could be some good humor related to this, but they killed it with a stupid blimey a doorknob or some similar line. The only other time this came up was when he saw the severed heads of the Flanders. Oh, we forgot to add the racism of uh, shrunken heads. In there. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. Um, it's fine. There's a, there's a little bit of racist gagging. It's, it's not as racist as 
Chinese food, Chinese Chinese itchy and scratchy gag. Um, True. I think I missed the joke there. Maybe it was funny or something, but I didn't laugh. You didn't miss the joke, person. You're that's not. It wasn't a joke. The point is that I don't really know how they stretch out these gags of multiple punchlines, each lamer than the last. Two point five out of five, or two out of five on the poll. Thought last season was decent overall. I hope this isn't a sign of things to come. Well, they thought season fifteen was decent, so I don't know what to think about this person anyway. I don't know who these people are. A few bright spots in season fifteen. Otherwise, oh boy. Um, I was happy to leave it behind us. But that's about it, Matt. But they liked it for the most part. Most people seem to be pretty enjoy it. And then there's a couple people on the post that were like, you and me, you were like, are you guys okay? Like, why? What's, are are you all right? Like, what what happened to you that you think this is okay? Right. I don't know. <sighs> there's some just sideshow Bob stepping on rakes over here. Basically. Yep, basically. We can move on, Matt. To our next segment, it's time for the listener question of the week. Let's try one more number. <gasps> Yellow. KBBL is gonna give me something stupid. Well, hot dog. We have a wiener. Yellow. Our listener question of the week this week is: What's your favorite moment from season fifteen? When it ended. Oh, sorry. You were Matt, you don't answer the question yet. You have to wait <gasps> until okay, we re- until we go through all the our listeners' answers. Um, tons, okay. tons of great answers. Matt, take it away. All right. Uh, first up is from Tim. Uh, this is an easy one from the president who wore pearls. Groundkeeper, groundskeeper Willie sings. I'm so drunk I can barely see, but it helps me get through another day. My stomach is filled with haggis and herd. I've got to go puke in some hay. Absolutely, 100% correct. There. Hey guys, 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 uh, guys out there, everyone listening, Matt does do requests venmo me <laughs> venmo me you have to put it in the answers to the questions i guess venmo, venmo me 20 bucks and matt will sing any song you like i don't know about any song i a song i know the tune to no 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 any song wink wink matt wink a wink wink yes wink wink all yeah. right yeah especially yeah the more you give us in patreon dollars the more likely you are to get selected for the matt singing the well, song i guess i'm gonna <laughs> all right well i'll just write that down new we got a new idea <laughs> For hundred dollar, hundred dollars a month, you get Matt sings. Matt sings uh, directly to you on a Zoom, uh-huh. on a Zoom call. Uh, I don't do Zoom. I, I can do Google Hangouts. <laughs> Just it's Google Meet. I'm behind the technology. It's you know Go- this, Robbie. It's Google Meet, Matt. Uh, not Hangouts anymore. No, Hangouts still exists. It's a different thing. Why? I don't know. They should have killed it years ago, <laughs> but it still is. What's the next answer? Come on. Uh, all right. So uh, Alex from iDobot. Ned, that is one bitchin' bike rod covering Todd's ears. Daddy said a cuss word. Lighten up, Roddy. Wonderful. Just wonderful. Very good. Uh, from Lauren. Uh, I'm not sure if this counts, but listening to Mr. Robbie and Mr. Matt going through the episode so I don't have to watch them. Oh, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lauren. Somebody appreciates our suffering. Uh, from Benjamin from Millhouse doesn't live here anymore. Groundskeeper Billy. Brothers and sisters are natural enemies, like Englishmen and Scots, or Welshmen and Scots, or Japanese and Scots, or Scots and other Scots. Damn Scots. They ruined Scotland. Again, you guys are High really High taking point. out of the park here. Okay, uh, from Anthony. Todd, Daddy, are you jealous of Brother Homer? Ned, eh, maybe just a tad, Todd. I'm jealous of girls because they get to wear dresses. One problem at a time, boy. Yeah, let your kids wear dresses. Everyone wants to wear dresses from time to time. Very comfortable. They are. I mean, especially I, in the summertime with the breeze down there. Whew, I it really well, I would out. not. I don't suggest went right like mowing a lawn while you're wearing a dress. But in all other ways, Ooh, no, that is very uncomfortable. 
all especially yeah, in the Florida heat. Seemed very uncomfortable. In the it Florida made me heat, uncomfortable. Not pleasant. It's a little too. All right. So from Matt, tis the fifteenth season. Reverend Lovejoy. Oh, very nice, Ned. But I'm afraid you're just in second this week, Homer. I'm not looking for glory or wealth. I'm just buying that stairway to heaven. Jesus sang out, <laughs> Ned. That was Led Zeppelin. Homer, get back to your bong, hippie. <laughs> oh God. Oh, excuse me. Matt's done. Uh, from Derek. Before re- rewatching, I thought season 15 was wacky fun. Not good, but enjoyable enough. Really shocked by what a laughless affair it actually is. I think the one moment I've always really liked is, is Homer's phonics song from Smart and Smarter. Pressing down on the Z, 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 Z as he sleeps is a good chuckle and a half. Jeebus can't really think of much good stuff. How depressing. Phonics Frog says Z, 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 Zombie Simpsons is upon us. <laughs> that is great. You gotta like the Thank phonics. You. you gotta like the phonics, Frog. That's right. Uh, from at Bort ATX, three words, Jim Jam Bonks. Just kidding. The Catch Me If You Can segment from Catch Catch Him If You Can has some stellar animation. Is one of my favorite uses of an alternate art style in the run of the series. Very accurate. Probably the best, one of the best sequences in this season for sure. Uh, from Matt, yes, it's Aaron. Uh, this is Easy, the president who wore pearls. I had never even heard of this episode six months ago, and now it's an easy top ten for me. Great song. Skinner is a great villain, and it was nice for at least to be popular for an episode. Absolutely. I'm sensing a sense of pattern here, Robbie. Uh, from at Hippie200. Uh, love you guys in the podcast, but there's no such thing as good season 15 moments. So I'm not even going to try and come up with one. Fair. Uh, from at Maria Banta. The criticism and brilliant comedic timing of the hunter referring to Homer as a possible forest bride from the fat in the first. Oh, God. Yeah, that was the one good part I, of that episode. I, I've... Every time I we get I do these questions, I, rem- I remember things. I'm like, oh, right. That was... A th- that happened. That's one of the best parts about doing these. It's like, oh, yes, there were some good parts in this. We just have to crowdsource it. I mean, it's easy when you pick out. It's easy to pick out like 10 seconds. You're like, oh, that 10 seconds was pleasant. Unfortunately, yeah, that is not a... how the episodes are given to us. They're given us 20 minute long, 20 minute long stories that. Well, yeah, it's like you, you assembled all of the, the, the 10 second good gags. You might have a whole episode. Um, I mean, okay. maybe, maybe one. Uh, okay, so uh, from at Will's World MN, the ending to the Regina monologue, seeing the daughter that acts just like Homer was one of the funniest bits I've seen post Golden Years. Uh, from at Tyler TMC, the Harpoon Heart episode where Homer chases Flanders and goes, "Pull over, I'm an ambulance." Well, he's got me there. Robbie, what is your answer? Um, I think the like, yeah, these the, our listeners really did pinpoint the the best moments. It is really like you know, there's not a lot of contenders, frankly. It's this is actually not that bad. Uh, like I only had like three or four contenders. Like President War Pearls, obviously, yeah. is the, probably the best overall episode. Um, the the Phonics Frog is very good. Groundskeeper Groundskeeper Willie and his Scots ruined Scotland speech, very good. I'm gonna agree with Brian. Uh, board ATX, the catch him if you can. The catch me if you can. Uh, art. Or Paul, why, why can't I Saul Bass? Saul Bass, uh, homage animation. That is definitely my my favorite moment. It's it's it it is the it Matt. It's so good. It tricked me in remembering that episode is good. Uh, that's yes, that is definitely true. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite? Ooh, uh, I'm gonna have to go with President of the World Pearls, specifically the song that Lisa sings. Uh, it's just extremely well done. It fits that episode perfectly, and it just it reminded me of like the golden years of Simpsons songs of like you know, uh, in March versus the Monorail and those sorts of things. It just they, it worked so well. I was just, and I know it's a parody, and I know it's basically Evita, but I just I loved it. It was great. It's like the only episode of the season I would actually want to go back and watch. 
Next week's question is, what is your favorite Treehouse of Horror segment? It's a question we've definitely done before, but we haven't done in a long time. So we're probably doing this, doing some, some, uh, some, doing another round of repeats for this season. Great. The best ofs, maybe. I don't know. We'll see. Um, but I'll post this question on our Twitter, which is at SubstitutionShowPod. You can email us at SubstitutionShowPod at gmail.com. And I will post this on our Patreon. If you uh, want to answer there, you, I will post it publicly. So you do not have to support us to answer there. If you don't want to, I do appreciate all our supporters, though. Next up, Matt, it is time, once again, for the No Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is Matt and I each challenge each other with three trivia questions, one easy, one medium, and one hard, and try and stump the other. We are fresh. New season, season 16. Um, I lost season 15. Matt, do you have a charity for us? Uh, I don't. Not yet. Oh, slacker, Matt. I Matt, am. Matt I is am. such a slacker, you know, with his full-time job and man, and help, podcast. helping helping his wife run a functionally a cat rescue out of their own out of their house. And I know I'm such a, I, I just I just can't get how, it done anymore. And now you can't even pick a charity for me to donate fifty. Okay, um, but we are fresh for this season. No, I can I have I have I can have hope again for a little while. We'll see how long it is. Matt, you ready for an easy question? I am ready. These are all from Trios of Horror 2. Ooh, okay. Interest of R2, whose head gets stitched to Homer's body? I believe it's Mr. Burns. That is correct. All right. Uh, all of your questions are from Treehouse of Horror. I believe it's seven. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> uh, you'll, you'll know. <laughs> all right. Uh, your easy question. Who owns the fallout, fallout shelter that protects Homer from the nuclear bomb? Uh, Trials of Horror 8, sorry, 8, in The Homega Man. Oh, uh, who owns it? Um, Isn't he shopping for them? Like, I guess He's shopping for them. I guess so, it's like, technically, it's a, uh, I can't remember the guy's name, one-armed, one-armed gentleman? Herman, yes. Herman, with one arm, the uh, Herman, who's, definitely would be the guy selling bomb shelters. Exactly. That checks. Um, In the frame story in Trials of Horror 2, Matt, what are Bart, Lisa, and Marge dressed as? What are their Halloween costumes? Uh, okay. Um, it's so hard to remember exactly which one. I, I want to say, oh god, um, is this one where Lisa is a totem pole? And oh god, I. Okay, you come on, give me guesses. Come on, you can do it. Okay, so totem pole Bart is a uh, the Frankenstein, and Marge is the bride of Frankenstein. Oh, Matt. I didn't give it one, did I? No, you got two out of three. You're very close. Oh, wow. Okay. Lisa is a totem pole. Marge is okay, the bride right. of Frankenstein, but Bart is an executioner. Executioner, that's right, because he's got the, the axe. He's got the axe and the black hood on. But There we go. Okay. Fortunately, Matt, not, not going to give you any points because I need them all. That's fair. It's, it's early. So, uh... Your medium question: What treat do the witches get instead of children in Easy Bake Coven? Um, candy apples. Ooh, I'm sorry. It's gingerbread men. Okay, I don't. I was just. Gonna and say I believe that. it was caramel cods as well. Ugh, God. Yeah. Ugh, that's so. Okay. New England for you. That's not okay. I don't want to. Don't don't do that. Okay, New England has plenty of delicious treats. It does, but you know, they're it's those uh, northern European roots and their weird fish obsession. 
okay, it's not. They had to eat food for a long time, Matt, and fish was all they had. I know. I know. It's not. It's not weird. It's like survival at a certain point, and then that just gets attached because, like, you grow attachment to the stuff that keeps you alive and keeps you safe. Uh, your hard question, Matt. <laughs> How many consecutive hours is Krusty on the air? Uh, okay, it is. It's a. It's the the Bart has the. Yeah, Bart has powers one, and it's like. I don't know. I'm going to say uh, uh, 611. 346 is the answer. Wow, I was way off. Okay. I mean, that's still many, many hours. That's still like almost two weeks? More than two weeks? More than two weeks. I mean, Krusty looks very in very bad shape, so I, I, you know. Yeah. If Okay, if a god is literally saying, if you don't do this, you will die. Yeah, you probably just keep going until you fall apart. He probably has taken micro sleeps at this point while still on the air. Yeah, probably. Oh, it's a digital scratchy cartoon. Time to sleep. So, all right. Uh, your hard question. What price does Homer pay for the matter transporter in Fly vs. Fly? It only transports matter. Yeah. Uh, $5. Ooh, sorry. Uh, it starts out to $2, and he negotiates Frank down to $0.35. Cents. It starts at two dollars. Two bucks, really? Only transports matter. Okay, not energy, which really is the same thing. So you know, matter and energy are not quite the same thing. I mean, when you add the speed of light, and they're equivalent to each other. Okay. Uh, okay. All right, Mister Egghead. All right, Bill Nye. Mister Bill Nye, the science guy. Hey, everyone knows e equals mc squared. Everyone. I baby, mean, if ba- you went to like elementary school, I would hope. Baby, no, that's not. Kids don't know that, Matt. What are you talking about? They don't, understand, and they certainly don't understand it. Um, they definitely don't understand it, but I'm sure they've heard of it. Nah, you're, you overestimate our educational system, at least in the U.S. Uh, so Matt and I tied, which is fine by me. I'm t- I'm completely, <laughs> I'm, a good start. I'm a cool with a tie. Like if we get a tie, I, that is a success for me. That's a win. You know, they say ties are like kissing your sister. I disagree, especially when I'm going up against Matt. Um, that'll do it for trivia today. We can move on. To our last segment, the segment we had every single show with. It is time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categories. We watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. Except this is a Trials of Horror segment, so we're going to rank the Trials of Horror segments separately and compare them against each other, which I think is a fair thing to do. Mm-hmm. What we do? Um, well, the Ned Zone. Let's start there. The Ned Zone. Okay. The Ned Zone was a good idea, I think, that was poorly executed. Um, But there were still some interesting bits to it. Uh, They didn't really explore what the consequences of Ned's powers to the extent they could, probably because it was a six-minute segment and they can't really do a whole lot of that. Um, I'm looking around... Probably around... Yeah, definitely not near the top. I'm looking somewhere and around Omega Man. No, uh, no, 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 no. You're no, no, no. You think worse than that? Wait, wait. These are these. Is, wow, you're right. Okay, these are sorry, bad. I, I, man. Sorry, I saw Starship Poopers and I forgot how. I, I remembered how dumb it was, but no, no you're right. It's I, it's nowhere near as good as Attack of the Fifty Foot Eyesores. I think that one was really good. That's again, Despite Matt. Being this, 33 that is, list. That's your nostalgia. All right, 
Uh, that is your nostalgia going, oh, Attack of the 50-Foot Ice Horses. Attack of the 50-Foot... I agree. Attack of the 50-Foot Ice Horses is good. Most of the stuff on this list is good. That's the thing. The Trees of Horror segments are generally much better. Even into the Scully years are still much better than the rest of the episodes are, probably because they didn't have to adhere to too much logic. But... Like, you look at Attack of 50-Foot Eyesores, Reaper Madness, Island of Dr. Hibbert is still good. Um, a Fright to Creep and Scare Harms, Bad Dream House. Like, it's down when we only, like, the bottom few are really bad. And I just, I think this is worse. I think Frankenstein is better than this. Really? I think Frankenstein was better than this. Wow. Okay. Um, What is Scary Tales Can Come True? I don't remember that one. That's uh, the fairy tale I one. Thought- That's the fairy tale one where... Uh, Oh, and you think this is this is worse than that? Yeah, are you kidding me? I like the fairy the Ned, tale one. Not, not 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 the not the 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 Jack the Ripper one. The Ned one. Yes, I think the Ned zone. What does it do? It just has Ned's... nothing. But yeah, I laughed one time. I can maybe see it being better than Frankenstein, but it's not better than Scary Tales Can Come True. Scary Tales Can Come True is fun. Ned zone isn't fun. Matt, there's a joke Fairy in this. Scary tales can't come true. The okay, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of Hex in the City. You're right. Scary tales can't come true is definitely better than this one. I'm so sorry. I guess I'm confused because of curses and bearded women and all. No, that. Hex in the My City. Is, okay, no, Hex right. in the City you're is right. bad. But that's it's the it's, worst one. There's yes. a reason okay. it's the yeah. There's a reason it's last. Okay, in that on case, our list. I would agree with you. Okay, I I think Frankenstein is better than this. I don't think it's as good. I, I think this is probably about as good as i know which did i think it is better than ghost dad it is definitely better than ghost dad it is i think it's better than i know what you did Italy did i think this is it's funnier i laughed a couple times at the dead zone i don't think That's i laughed fair. at all at no i know what you did Italy did um for, i think it's probably comparable to frankenstein but i think frankenstein is more fun just because of the guest star um i yeah. think that's largely why i put frankenstein on top um the Ned zone number 40 on the list below Frankenstein above. I know what you did. Italy did next up four beheadings in a funeral. Uh, my, I did not like this at all. I would put it only above hex in the city. Agreed. It is just so dumb that I, uh, I feel worse for having watched it. I didn't laugh at it. It didn't make any sense. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what stakes are. I don't know what the mystery is. Like they're going after this murderer, but they're not actually tracking down a murderer. Like, they just make up, like, literally, they make up an answer. It's like, oh, it's Swigum. You're like, why? You have to give lay seeds. Throw some red herrings in there. I don't care if it's, I don't care how much time you got, all right? That's your problem, not mine. Um, in the belly of the boss, it's my favorite of these three. Um, barely. <laughs> it's not like it's a high bar, but yeah. it's better than the Ned Zone. I would probably, hmm. It's not going to put it much higher in the list, just because. Even though I do think it's better, um, I don't think it's better than a Scary Tales can come true. I think Scary Tales is still better than this. Um, uh, Frankenstein. I don't know if it's better than Frankenstein. Um, Frankenstein really doesn't make sense either. And this episode, th- this segment doesn't really make sense. Frankenstein has, I don't know, a little bit of charm to it. Has Jerry Lewis. I don't know, Matt. Do you have strong feelings about this? I really don't. Um, I mean, again, we're, we're right in the same spot. Scary Tales can't come true. I'm pretty sure it's better. Uh, I don't know. I, just, I It's not that I didn't, it's not that I hated this one. I just thought it was kind of lazy and there weren't enough jokes to really make me more than halfway smile. And I think that's if you're not going to go for horror, then you have to at least make me smile. And this one didn't do either of those things. 
I think I think that I think that we can we can put it below Frankenstein. I think when we're oh, I'm good with that. I think it's very comparable again. I think I would put it slightly above the Ned Zone. Um, that's easy to judge because we just watched it in the belly of the boss. Is number forty, right below Frankenstein, right above the Ned Zone, and uh, yeah, this is not a very good. This is not a good chance of horror. We go to the like putting stuff at the bottom of the list. Um, I don't know. The the quality overall in this list is very, very good. I think that speaks mostly to how good Chiris Maharas have been even through the the worst years of the show. Yeah, it's one of those episodes in every season where you can usually uh, get something good out of it. Yeah, and I think that's not not the case in this one. Maybe next year's would be better. Um, We are not going to shoot anything out of the cannon, though. Chiris Maharas are exempt from our... Cannon. Yes, because they're not in the cannon to begin with. So they're not. Yeah, exactly. They're already out of the cannon. We don't have to shoot them out. However, we are still going to decide if. Should I still play the clip? Matt? Should I still play music for our? Uh... Go for it. Okay. We'll we will still decide if uh, another episode on our list is shot out of the cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. The cannon. So we are up to. Number 22 on our list, which is scenes from a class struggle in Springfield. Oh, that has to stay. That is like the quintessential Marge episode. It's one of them. It's it's it is in the running for most important Marge episode. I mean, I think the only my only I don't know. I think it is probably the like they built up to that episode. You know, it's a season seven episode. So it's very much like it is it is getting to. Truer, getting truer and truer to Marge's character, and a lot of the time, a lot of Marge episodes struggle with the ending. They always, they always kind of fail. I think at the end, they never give her a good reason why she's returning, leaving whatever her venture is for that episode behind. And this one is very clearly like, oh, my pursuit of this is hurting my relationship with my family and and distorting my worldview. And I think that's it. Feels very honest and very raw and very makes Marge feel very vulnerable. And that's why we like the episode a lot, because it does do that for Marge, you know? And sometimes that's what you have to do with characters, is show them being ugly, you know? And then pull them back from the brink, redeem them. And a lot of the times, Marge episodes are like, hey, she struggles for all this stuff, and then she just gives up. You know, like, ugh, that's kind of gross. Um, well, this one is like, oh, Marge pushes herself and pushes the family really hard, because she she wants something and realizes that something is actually toxic, you know, and it's probably something we could all learn a little bit from um, when you're trying to accrue wealth or accrue status, let's say, mm-hmm. but it's absolutely part of the canon. It's fantastic. Just thinking about it makes me feel better after watching this not very good Trance of Horror episode. Unfortunately, um, that's not shot out of the canon. Um, yeah. Yeah, Matt. Yep. Accurate. Yeah, I would say for your October spook spookums, um, don't watch this year so far. Watch the good ones. Any pretty most of what we've already watched is good, like except for a couple of them. I would you could probably be safe with most of them, frankly. Um, I might go watch the Shining today. I don't just to feel good about myself. Yeah. Um, that'll do it for us. Um, what do I do? Oh, I talk about me here now. I am on Twitter at Robbie Dorman, and you can find all the stuff I do online on my website. It's RobbieDorman.com. 
You can find links there to my other podcast, The Hits the Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books. You can listen to me and my co-host, Eric Zick, and I talk about comic books. And The Serial Fanaticist, which is a show about me and a, a rotating crew of my friends talking about all kinds of pop culture fun. Um, there's the newest show, The Cartoon, Cartoon Graveyard, which is me and my two co-hosts talking about old, crazy cartoons from the 80s and 90s, deciding if we're going to reboot them or not. And um, you should listen to that and give us some reviews on Apple Podcasts or wherever, because we need them. It's an early show. We appreciate you. Um, you can purchase my horror novels on my website or through my website. Just go, Or you can go to Amazon, wherever. Search my name. Uh, my newest novel is War on Halloween. It's a spooky Halloween story about a family fighting for Halloween in a town controlled by a sinister reverend with secret occult powers. It is a fantastic novel. If you're looking for a spooky read during Halloween, uh, if you love the holiday itself, it's a love letter to Halloween. Um, you can also subscribe to my newsletter. It's RobbieDorman.com slash newsletter where you can get updates on all my projects and get yourself a free exclusive short story called Better Off Dead. Matt does not participate in social media. You will not find him. That's true. But if you are looking for a new cuddly friend to, to, to comfort you in your times of fear, you should check out Kitten Turns, K-I-T-T-I-N-T-R-N-S on Instagram uh, for the cutest kittens you will ever see. We just got a brand new six pack. So we're popping the cork on those what? and uh, what, they are what, super cute. What, what, six pack popping the cork? Uh-huh. What, what kind of words are that to describe poor little kittens? They're not poor little kittens. They're sweet, and they just got to the point where they're wandering around and eating real food. Okay, you guys, we just got two black. We are now. I'm all, now. My wife and I are also Aha! fostering cats Good now, second. so we have two kittens as well. They're a boy and a boy and girls. Black cats. They're Halloween cats called Fall and Winter. They're very cute. We don't have it. We do not have an Instagram account for them though. So sorry. So you have to follow Robbie to get them. No, don't. I mean, you can follow me. I don't. There's no pictures really of them on my Instagram though. I, I usually push post pictures of my cats, my actual, my, okay. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And you keep watching this episode. Shh.